Welcome to our Portuguese Table Podcast. I'm Maria Lott, and these are in Green Bean. And I'm Angela Samoz, and we're just two chicks dishing about Portuguese food, culture, and what it means to be Portuguese. So grab a glass of vinho or um copo de café and join us as we talk about our favorite foods, reminisce about growing up Portuguese, and interview some of our community's most successful chefs and food writers. So, so sit, sit down, down at our Portuguese, Portuguese table. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Portuguese table. Hi, Angela. Hey, Maria. How are you? I'm fine, honey. I'm fine. I'm real excited about today. We have a... I know. I know. We, we, we both follow her. The page, the blog, the Facebook page, all, her Instagram, all of these wonderful things. And she talks about everything having to do with Portugal, which is one of our favorite topics. So I want everyone to meet Katarina. Katarina, hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Maria. Hi, Angela. Thank you so Hi, much Charlie. for having me on your show. Well, thanks for oh. being here. Welcome to our Portuguese table. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> now, not too long ago, I don't know for those of you that follow um, our pages, Katarina was at my home not too long ago. Yes, that was one of the, the kind of most unexpected, pleasant experiences I've ever had because, and I think I talk way too much about this in my blog, how welcoming and inviting and warm Maria's kitchen is and her home. So it was, it was just amazing. I wasn't even expecting anything close to well, that. So what's funny is, is I think as soon as she walked through my door, I started feeding her. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a Portuguese home if that wasn't the case now come on <laughs> so Katarina you've you've actually done something I haven't because I've never been to Maria's house and she's never been to my house but no. that's going to change that's going to change in in July I think when you're here Maria for sure yes, in California yes. but um yeah I think Maria I think you and I have only actually been in the same room together once that, right in Rhode Island yeah, in Rhode Island. Isn't and that funny? It is because people will go depending on who it is, and they'll go, yeah, and they're like, oh, your partner in at you know Portuguese table, Angela, and I'm like Angela Smos, oh yes, you know this and that, and we'll talk, and like they think like the two of us are like you know in like, like sitting next to each other, yes, and like yeah. in close proximity, and I'm like, no, Angela's out in California with her husband and family. I'm in Massachusetts with my husband and family. <laughs> we have this amazing sound guy out in the Carolinas who, you know, named Scott, who kind of helps us put all of this together. We're actually not at that same table, but we have been a long time ago in um, yeah. in Rhode Island. Yeah, but that'll all change coming uh, in July. But we'll save that for another podcast, but I'll be yeah. going out. No pressure, Angela, to serve up a feast, right? <laughs> oh my God! Well, I I make no uh, guarantees on you know if I set fire to the stove or, <laughs> or anything like that. I'll do my best. There will be none of that. There will be none of that. It's all for fun. We're going to be out there. We're going to have fun. We're going to be recording and stuff. It will be all fun stuff. There'll be no, 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 no pressure. But it's funny. It was like, it was just really nice. It was nice to have you here. And it was great to to hear how you got started. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, Angela and I were like, well, we've got to have her on our podcast because more people need to know about you. And they need to know about what you're doing and your page and your blog and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. I'll just add one one thing to that Maria so and for those who have, have been listening know that Maria and I talk a lot about sort of living the dream right and going out and doing what you want and not just following the nine to five rat race and Katharina I have to say my husband and I look at your blog and we're like this woman is like living our dream like she's doing exactly what we would love to do I mean she's writing all these wonderful things about Portugal and just traveling and I mean at least that's how it seems so Maybe uh, <laughs> that's I don't, you'll tell us exactly how you do it and what you do. But we when we first found your blog, it was just like, oh my god, she's so like good, good for her. She's so lucky what she's doing. <laughs> We're you. so envious. It's amazing. So and I have to say, the blog is beautiful. Like you've really done a really oh. nice job with the website. Thank you it so much. <laughs> 
It is beautiful because the thing with Angela and I, we see a lot of different blogs that come up and we see, we're always trying to, to see what's out there and, you know, to promote it and to showcase it as much as we can. And yours is beautiful, honey. It really oh, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. So all of those out there that don't know who you are, if you could introduce yourself and just a little bit about yourself. Thank you. So I'm Katerina or Katerina, whichever, <laughs> however you want to say it. I actually am the writer of A Portuguese Affair, which is a blog I started about a year and a half ago after I moved uh, to the U.S. So my situation was I'd moved to the U.S. I had married an American man. My green card was taking a really long time to come through. And I'm not one to sit still. So I just kind of was like, nope, I have to do something with my time. I'm going to write a blog. And I had a bunch of American friends and friends from the UK as well coming to Portugal about six months, you know, after I started writing the blog. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if they had a great resource of, you know, things to do and places to see in Portugal? So that was kind of the logic behind it. I mean, I'm very proud to be Portuguese in case it wasn't clear. And I, I just <laughs> kind of had to have an outlet for that. And I thought, oh, I love writing. I love reading. I love learning. So I just thought a blog was like the great kind of solution and, you know, that outlet that I needed. So, but to answer your question, Angela, because I'm living in Philadelphia at the moment and, and I do write a lot about Portugal. So I try to go back you know, several times a year to do all the research. And when I'm there, I'm just kind of like a, a tourist on speed because <laughs> morning to night, I drag my mom around. My dad can't even keep up. You know, my mom comes out to all the museums, all the locations, all the palaces, everything with me. <laughs> so I kind of drag her around. We have a great time together. My husband doesn't even try to keep up anymore either. So <laughs> <laughs> behind a lot of the time other times they'll come out you know if it's like somewhere nice for the day like an afternoon in Abidos or whatever we're in Portugal Katarina where am I from yes where are you from I'm from Lisbon so unlike most people in in most of the Portuguese community in the U.S. is actually from either northern Portugal or from the Azores, for example, I'm actually from Lisbon. So it makes me a little bit different because I don't have that kind of Azorian heritage that a lot of, you know, people like you do, Maria. So no, we're all Portuguese. All oh, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> 500 years ago, um, that's where, you know, we came to settle in the Azores. So we're, we're all the same. <laughs> yeah. And I love the Azores. I mean, I think they're beautiful. And, you know, my husband loves them and he's just like, can we, He's almost like, can we move there? Because <laughs> it's kind of that halfway point between the U.S. and Portugal. So it's it's nice in that sense. And, and your yeah. family still lives there? Are you the only one here yes. now? Or, yes, I am is. the only one here. My sister is in the U.K., but apart from that, my whole entire family is in Portugal. So it's great going back so I get to see them. But then I'm always rushing around trying to get more content for the blog and try new restaurants. And it's such a hard life when I'm there. <laughs> So, oh my God, real rough. I feel so sorry for you, Katrina. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so funny that you were saying you were a tourist on speed it, when you're yeah. there. Because sometimes I feel like that when I go to the Azores as well. And that is, and I think it's because we have a certain amount of days that we're there and we don't want to waste a moment of it. So Exactly. We from, you know, it's like the next, the, the following day, we know already what we're going to do the next day because we want to make sure we cram everything in as much as we can. But lately, I don't know about you, but lately I've been getting a lot of messages, a lot of people who are going to visit saying, do you have like an itinerary that you suggest for us for the first time going mm. to... Uh, the Azores, or an itinerary for us if we're going to Lisbon or Portugal or whatever, or, you know, if they're going up to Porto in Lisbon, or, you know, what are the must-dos or must-haves? Where should we eat? And and it's like, oh, my God. But I'm getting a lot of that lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Send really, my way. Yeah. <laughs> I, get that, I get that sometimes, but it's more not a whole, whole itinerary. Nobody's ever asked me for anything like that. So, I mean... <laughs> 
Did you tell them you're not a tour guide? I did. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, is I say to them, I said, I'm sorry. You know, I personally, this is when I go, this is what the things that I do, but you know, I'm also seeing family. I, I don't have a specific itinerary that I would suggest you to do, but I would suggest you to go here, there, there, but I'm not, you know, I'm not setting up tours to, to go right. to islands as well as to the mainland. But I I can see that more and more non-Portuguese or as well as those that they're now third or fourth generation that have never been there before right. and want to kind of rediscover their roots, wanting to go back. And I see that more and more. So I think your blog is perfect for that. I mean, especially for the continent. Um, Yeah, I try to make it very diverse in terms of, you know, I don't want just food or just castles or just beaches or hotels. You know, I try to and I take like little things because, uh, you know, a lot of the things people remember about Portugal, you know, they remember the big sceneries, you know, like the beautiful like landscapes and all that. But it's actually a lot of times I hear people say, we have the best chorizo at this little place in Coimbra or, you know, and it's kind of, I want to capture those moments um, as well, because it isn't just about the overall picture. I think it's nice to have those little insider tips as well when you go for something that may, may or may not be relevant to every single reader, but, you know, it's still like a great piece of insight to those who are planning to go to Coimbra or wherever the case may be. Right. So right. that's what I, I'm trying to capture the the little moments as well as kind of, you know, the big things. That just sounds great. So again, I think, um, I think now maybe you might even have to go back more often just to get more insight for people. What is that? How does that sound? Uh, it sounds like a dream come true. I mean, I try to go back <laughs> if possible. I just wish someone like TAP would decide to sponsor me with some free flights every year so I could go and do that as often as I could. <laughs> so, There's someone from TAP out there who's listening to this. Um, yeah. We've got someone who's willing to go out to the mainland to do a whole bunch of stuff on um, tourism. Get well, on it. Give us a call. The great thing, yeah, absolutely. But the great thing is now, you know, uh, they do do that kind of layover thing. So if you are going to, for example, the Azores, you can actually stop off like three days in Lisbon or Porto, up to three days uh, free of charge. Did you know that? I I did hear that. Yeah. So I I think that's great. I think that's you fantastic. You see so much of Portugal. You get to try, you know, see different places that you wouldn't normally go to. If you want to spend a night, you spend a night. If you want to spend three, you spend three. It's great. That's beautiful. That would be nice to do. Maybe I'll be doing that. Hey, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on, on another hand, you were just in Bermuda. I mean, we talk about uh, going to the mainland and you're writing on that. But lately you've been writing about the Portuguese community in Bermuda. You were just there not this past weekend, was it? It was just, uh, yeah, this weekend, Saturday through Monday. So just 48 hours, but it was, it was supposed to be a break from work and I found more work or found more topics to write about. So I I couldn't believe it. it. I'm like everywhere I go. Um, (laughs) I've never been to Bermuda. I have to say that I've never been, I've had my family members who've been to Bermuda. I have not been there. So tell us about Bermuda for those of us who've never been there and how you found it in the Portuguese community there. Yeah, so I was really surprised that, you know, at least like 10% of local Bermudians actually have some sort of Portuguese heritage, mostly Azorian heritage, because a lot of um, laborers went there to, you know, work in farming and they stayed on and, you know, their children were born there and they didn't, uh, they actually had quite a a tough time up until, you know, I would say 40 years ago when, you know, they kind of won their rights because they weren't legally supposed to be there. They were supposed to leave. But now there's like this whole vibrant Portuguese community and you can see Portuguese influences on menus. Like I saw like things like Portuguese stew or Portuguese chorizo or, you know, like a special Portuguese sauce. And it's just all all these like little things. So definitely in the food, there's some associations as well, which kind of, you know, obviously 
all the Portuguese people abroad all support their their teams, their soccer teams. So there's always like all the sports stuff and and there's, you know, but there's also like cultural and language classes as well that they help promote, which is great to keep, you know, everything alive. Yeah. And who would have known that we have such a large community of Portuguese in Bermuda, which is beautiful. I, who are living um, the life. <laughs> on an island, on a beautiful tropical island. In the meantime, I know that on your site, you sell some Portuguese jewelry. Yes. And I noticed in Bermuda, you took a picture of these cufflings, these men, the cufflings <laughs> on this men. Are you going to be carrying that? <laughs> <laughs> those were great it was the Portuguese oh. flag and cufflinks I don't know if you saw yeah. that no I didn't see that one I'll have to go take a look <laughs> those were neat yeah I mean I, it was so funny because I you know I met a Portuguese Bermudian out there and and he was wearing those cufflinks I'm like I'm taking a picture of this for my blog so I kind of just assaulted him almost <laughs> like it's like just stand there don't move because he already had his arms crossed I took the picture and I was like just don't move you're going on my blog he had no <laughs> say in the matter I just you know I saw it and I, I took the opportunity so um I unfortunately only sell filigree jewelry on on the blog and for those of you who aren't familiar with filigree jewelry it's kind of very typical Portuguese style of jewelry that's handmade by kind of spinning uh, silver or traditionally gold uh, wire into beautiful shapes and you know there's lots of hearts there's kind of beads there's all these flower motifs so it's very beautiful very ornate uh, jewelry and you know I just started wearing this is a fun fact I actually got my ears pierced when I was 26 years old oh wow <laughs> because I got tired of buying beautiful earrings like filigree earrings for friends and family and not being able to wear them myself. <laughs> oh, so that's wow. why I did it. <laughs> At 26, that is 26. not, your, that's not your typical. That isn't your I typical. Know. No, yeah. but because a lot of them, um, you know, traditionally in Portugal, you pierce like baby girl's ears, like mm-hmm. when they're born, you know, and my mom resented the fact that she never got a say in the fact I'm getting her ears pierced. So she's like, I'm going to wait till my daughter's old enough to make a decision. And, you know, and then I was never interested in it. By the time it, it was allowed, I lost interest, obviously. <laughs> so she's like, let me get your ears pierced now. I'm like, well, now I don't want to. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> of course, uh, my sisters and I were, when we were infants, we all had our ears pierced. And when I had my daughters, my first daughter, and now, you know, with my, all three, I did the same as your mom. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it when they're babies. I, I'm going to have them, you know, when they're ready to have it done, you know, they're going to have it done. And they were all very young. They were like around, you know, I want to say um, eight or nine. Like they were, they weren't even teenage. They already wanted earrings, which is kind of cute. And my one daughter now that has has added on extra piercings on her ears. So <laughs> it just it keeps, but they, they were young. They were young. So to think that like 26, it's like, wow, you're like a late bloomer. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I made such a big decision when I did it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, yeah. And actually my sister hasn't gotten her ears pierced. She actually just has one like all the way at the top of like her ear on one side, but she doesn't actually have her lobes pierced. So it was kind of nice that we got the choice because, you know, you got she chose not to. Yeah. She chose not to. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But well, in the meantime, for those that do have their ears pierced, uh, <laughs> absolutely check out uh, your page and we'll make sure we put that on our, our notes and how to go on there and all that stuff and see it there. The earrings are beautiful. They're just beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, what I love about the filigree, it's so unique to Portugal. I mean, you just don't see that anywhere else, really. So it's very easy to spot, right? Like if you see somebody wearing a filigree, even if it's not in the shape of the heart of Vienna, you know, I'll still say, you got that in Portugal, didn't you? (laughs) You (laughs) Because you just can't really find it anywhere else. It's really pretty. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because then sometimes people just stop you and they're like, I know those earrings or you stop them. You're like, I know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, with your mom still being in the mainland in in Lisbon, when you go back home, what do you ask your mom to make? Because we always have to go back to the studio. 
Oh my gosh. My mom, I don't actually have to ask her. She asked me what I want her to make, (laughs) but so there's like a long list (laughs) of foods. That's why I tend to go for like at least a week, but there's Mm -hmm. certain foods that she, like her called Verde for me is amazing. She makes these like lulas with like a lula, like a squid stew uh, Mm -hmm. with potato Mm -hmm. and tomatoes and stuff. It's so good. Um, she makes, you know, she makes some great desserts and, and she's kind of a terrible person to get recipes from, but you know, she, she does it well when she, she is doing it for herself. And then I just try to follow along and take notes, <laughs> but um, I always ask her to buy me some, which is like a soft kind of cottage cheese, like, but right. It, tastes like, it doesn't taste like cottage cheese. It's so, so much better. <laughs> oh, like the ricotta, the closest to ricotta. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like a little saltier. It's very, it's so easy. It's perfect on bread. I always have to have fresh bread, which my parents being Portuguese have fresh bread every day in their house. So it's not an issue, but I always get some queijo de ilha because I miss it. Uh, And you know, Maria, because you took me out shopping for queijo de ilha. (laughs) (laughs) How did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot. And actually, funny story, I went into work one day and I made myself a sandwich and one of the ingredients in there was that cheese. Mm-hmm. And I, I put it in my backpack and just put it on the floor. And before I knew it, I looked down and my boss had brought his dog into work that day. And the dog oh, was no. like head in <gasps> my sandwich. Being oh, like my 70. God. 70% of my sandwich, which had like some like really nice steak and some other stuff in it. It was like a perfect, like decadent sandwich with this rich cheese and really nice steak and other stuff. And like this dog just ate it all. And oh my goodness. And I was like, the thing I was most upset about wasn't the fact that the steak was actually quite pricey. It was the fact that it was the cheese that I got from, you know, up in Massachusetts. It was like, I went up to Massachusetts to get that (laughs) cheese. But I just thought the story was so funny. Like, it was just such a weird situation. I was like, you know, I got to laugh. You know, what's funny? Well, the the thing is, is Angela, when uh, Katerina came here, you know, we, we cooked together, we baked and we had some time because she actually flew in that morning and then had some hours that she was here before she would fly back to Philadelphia. So we had a few hours time and I thought, okay, if you're here, you need to go to a Portuguese market. I need to take you there. The Portuguese market that has like so many different things and they actually, it's a huge market and it's in Fall River. It's about 20 minutes away. So we drove to Fall River to Portugalia market. And then it was almost like Katarina hadn't seen anything quite like it in a while. <laughs> and she was like, a little kid like in the a candy, candy store. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> she was like so excited. And she was like, oh my God. And it's, for me, you know, it's like, I'm really spoiled because I have this around me all the time. It, it's not a big deal to drive here or to go there or just go around the corner and pick up Portuguese stuff. But for those that, you know, like live in Philadelphia and, and, and just there is no Portuguese market around, this is like incredible. So, yeah, so we were going through everything and she wanted to bring back everything, but she only had a backpack. <laughs> The same backpack that the dog got into. Oh, so, my. <laughs> so it was, it was the Cache Saint-Georges, the seven yeah. month. The seven, the seven month. month. What yeah. a lucky dog. That was a lucky dog. That He, <laughs> he has wonderful taste. He's going to be your best friend. He's going to come look in your bag every time now. Yeah, she has. <laughs> <laughs> Did your boss at least buy you lunch that day? Yeah. Oh, he was so He was so embarrassed. I was like... I mean, I can't really blame this dog. If someone put that sandwich in front of me, I would have eaten it too. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it it was so funny because you're like, oh my God, there's this cheese here. Oh my goodness. There's this. There's, you know, the Charisse. How was the Charisse? Oh, so it was Mother's Day a few days um, after I left. So 
I actually saved it and I like, I guess, barbecued it in a little asador. Yeah. Uh, like a special Portuguese, uh, for those of you that, that don't know, um, these like clay Portuguese kind of small like utensil things where you kind of light the bottom. You set it on fire. I usually you put like some whiskey and stuff in it for flavor. And then you set it on fire and the chorizo goes on top and it just cooks in that awesome flame and it's magical. So I usually do that as a starter. And we did that for Mother's Day this year and everybody loved it. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I willingly shared that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. That was a great thing. So now in Philadelphia, there is no Portuguese, is there? Nothing. But there's Italian markets, isn't there? It has there's to be. There's Italian market, but there's no Portuguese things there. Because I've asked, I've even asked about like Portuguese olives, Portuguese chorizo. And they have like Spanish, they have like Greek, they have Italian. So that's in the Italian market. I know there's like a bit of a very small Portuguese community just across the river in New Jersey. Yes. And so I'm going to try to go there one day and I'm kind of, there's a few Portuguese restaurants that I've gone there before and I actually ate pretty well. So I feel like there must be some sort of location where I can find Portuguese. I good. think there's actually another market out there called the same as the one in Fall River. I think it's also called. Tuvalia? Yes. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's different owners, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm positive I saw something uh, in New Jersey that was called that as well. So, and oh, I okay in New Jersey, okay. Yeah, in New Jersey, yeah, I'm I'm positive I had seen something. Yeah. And for those that are listening and are in New Jersey, if you could send Angela and I some um, different places that uh, Katarina can go to when she's there. Or in, or if anything in in Philadelphia that we're not aware of, yeah. to just let us know because that's um, that's one of the things we'll we'll need to start doing. Angela's we'll need to start doing a um, by state where Portuguese stores are at. <laughs> or, oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> couple of things. I have been um, to Portugalia in in New Jersey, and it's more of like um, you can buy dishes and like products there it's not really like a food market at all oh um, okay yeah but then oh. so there is an existing online database it's kind of always in in you know being updated but palcas has something called the gateway mm -hmm. so if you go to palcas.org and along the top bar it's you'll see the gateway and that's an online database of portuguese businesses throughout the country and you can look up like bakery restaurant winery or even like dance group or philharmonica, something like that. So okay. check that out. And if yeah. you don't find what you're looking for there, um, yeah, if people can send us names or submit your listing to the gateway, it's free. It's free to use and it's free to list. So that's the most comprehensive database we have so far nationally. There used to be, I remember when I worked for Palkus, we got a copy of the Portuguese phone book from Massachusetts. And I was so jealous because I'm like, oh my God, the fact that, there's so many businesses that merits a phone book. <laughs> so many businesses merits a phone book. Like we would only dream of having something like that in California. So, right. So yeah. So give that a try. But yeah, I don't know of any any in Philadelphia. But there there's is online Portuguese community though in California, like San Francisco and some other areas have like a Portuguese community. Oh, for sure. It's just we're not we're so spread out. We're not concentrated yeah. like you guys are on the East Coast. Um, and then. The, the stores where you can buy things are, you know, so there's one in San Jose. There's a small liquor store in Fremont where you can buy some products. There's one way down in Artesia. So it's all kind of spread out. So you almost have to plan a trip to go uh -huh. stock up and then, you know, get what you need. So That's how I feel about going to like, say, Newark, where I know there's a lot of Portuguese um, stores and things. So I'm actually going to be up in Newark in, uh, in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to bring extra bags this time and kind of stock up and then probably I'll have my next trip to Portugal not you know not too long maybe in July so I kind of go say, then and stock up yeah I was gonna say you'll be visiting your family for the summer won't you yes yeah I'm now so let me excited. ask this now of course your your husband he is he Portuguese or not he's American he is okay but so, nobody's perfect yeah <laughs> 
He's Portuguese by association, so it's go. okay. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, as as I say, my my husband is English Irish, so of course, but he is uh, sometimes he will. He's convinced my whole family he's Portuguese because he has just embraced it all. And being married for what thirty two years now, he uh, he's as Portuguese as it gets for being non Portuguese. Wow. <laughs> I love but, that. I love yeah. that. And uh, but is there now? My husband loves everything about being. I mean, whatever it has to do with being Portuguese, our food, our culture. He loves it all. So he he loves the food. And is there something special that your husband likes or that you make for him that he really loves or your mother makes for him? Right. I mean, he actually really likes that um, that squid dish that I mentioned. But I mean, he yeah, he loves seafood. He's not big on fish, so he'll eat certain things like because I'm like, oh, my God, I could eat bacadao all day long, you know, (laughs) and and he'll have it in some ways. He'll have like patanishkas or different, you know, kind of hidden cod. <laughs> not yes, like very, yes. like, like a steak of cod. He's not going right. to really go near that. But if you give him like polvo, you know, I mean, he tried, he want, he's the one who wanted to try lapish for the first time, you know, he so he's going to convince me. Yeah. So he loves very delicious. Oh wow. yeah, he loves them. He's like, and then, um, and he tried them for the first time in São Miguel, where you're from. And he, and then we went to Madeira on our honeymoon, and he had them there as well. He was ordering them, and we just, we just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Raw or grilled? Oh, grilled. Grilled. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Do I can't like do them raw. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. Just. Yeah, no, I can't do that either. I know. Sorry, guys. For those that like to eat it, no matter how, I'm, I'm sorry. But they do. They just like putting like hot pepper on it or squeezing lemon on it. And, and that's right. it. Right. Yeah, the like, lemon. Yeah. Yeah, just like oysters, that kind of thing. And then it's just like, that's it. Done. Oh, no. Yeah, but not for me. Not for me. <laughs> no. Yeah. So with, with all of this, what does your husband think of? your Portuguese blog and, uh, and what you're doing and, and yeah, all of the stuff. He's, what does he think he's of all super that? supportive. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he's like, this is, you know, this is great. This is very good information. I think he might read maybe half my posts. So, <laughs> which is pretty good going <laughs> given how I, how busy he is, or I know he is. So, and he, he definitely learns that I think, I think my biggest challenge with him is not, it's not the fact he loves Portugal. I mean, he, he had never been to Portugal before he met me. Yeah. And, but he went to Spain, for example, which is what a lot of Americans kind of think when they, you know, they're like, Oh, Portugal and Spain, it's, it's just Spain. You know, like they don't think right. Portugal is special in any mm-hmm. way. And he'd been to Spain, uh, I think a couple of times before. And then he went to Portugal and was like, wow, this is so much better than Spain. Why do Americans like going to Spain so much where they could go to Portugal? So he was, very supportive of me kind of, you know, oh, we already love Portugal. Wow. Yeah. He's like, At I love this, point, you know, Angela and I already love your husband. So that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's definitely very, very American, but, but he's really, he's really good about like the Portugal thing. I think, um, because, because I'm so proud and it's mm-hmm. almost like a little mm-hmm. overwhelming for him. He takes it in really good stride. <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah, we know Portugal's great. And, you know, he can insult me in my mother tongue if I'm acting crazy or whatever. So <laughs> he, he does me that favor every once in a while. So. <laughs> but you know what? I, I think it's wonderful. I really do. I think it's wonderful. I think you need to be, I think you either need to be all in it or not. If you're going to be yeah. passionate about something, you're going to be passionate about it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything going halfway. You know, you don't do things. I don't think we do things halfway, do we? I don't. I don't. No. No. I kind of. I don't. I think we only do things halfway when we have to do them, but we don't want to do them. I think think you're right. I think you're right. Because if we're passionate about it, there is no way we're doing it halfway. This is this is how it's yeah. going to be. No, but this is great. I mean, I think again, I'm going to go back to um, you know what what we're what we're doing here and what we want to promote, and that is you know promoting 
all that is Portuguese and when what's important to us. And, and I think all three of us uh, feel the same way. And that mm. is we're very proud of being who we are. And we will shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we see no harm in, um, in being overly zealous about being Portuguese and who we are. I had a conversation the other day with someone and I, um, and we were talking about uh, Portuguese food. And I said to them, I said, you know, the whole thing about Portuguese food is, you know, we're a very old, um, you know, after Athens, the, oldest um european nation was out of lisbon you know that, that that's the oldest second capital is lisbon it's athens greece it's lisbon portugal i said it was not uh rome in italy you know it was it was us and so they were going on and on and i said you know we were the first for this we were the first for that and we were this we we're this we we're that and so so she started kind of stopped me and she went you know i hear this a lot from portuguese people <laughs> <laughs> when they say how you know you do it the best oh or, my god you're so this, you're that. and i had to i had to stop and then i just started laughing and I said, I am, you know, I, I want to apologize, but at the same time, I d I'm not going to. Because I'm not I sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. No. Oh, my gosh. You've just described me because I'm always like, I don't know why. Someone mentions like something random and they're like, oh, I'm going to Japan or something on vacation. I'm like, oh, that's great. Did you know the Japanese word arigato? Portuguese yeah. <laughs> arigato. And they're just like. Do you have to always bring up Portugal in every conversation? I'm like, I'm I would sorry. bring up tempura. I would say tempura. Did you know that tempura was yeah. really yeah. Portuguese who made the ones who did that? Exactly. I, I often feel like the father uh, or the grandfather in no, it's the father in my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. Everything is Greek. Yes, everything is yeah. Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, so, Katrina, we still haven't gotten to some of our key questions that we normally ask some of our some of our guests. And, you know, I'm interested to, to hear your perspective on this question, being that you're from Portugal, but now are, you know, living here in the U.S. And I have to say, you have no Portuguese accent. So I don't know if you worked on that specifically or that just <laughs> evolved, but it's like, you know, for only being here a short time, it's, um, it's you know, you have no accent. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. What does it what does it mean to you to be Portuguese? Oh, good question. So I always like to think of being Portuguese as being part of like the world's best like private members club, if you will. <laughs> I love that. Like I think it's part of being in this great community of people throughout the world. Like, I don't know if you've been abroad and randomly met another Portuguese person, and then you're like, oh, you're Portuguese too. And then you just like get a free ride or get a free meal or like get help in water, Yeah. It's like, you don't yeah. even need to pay a membership. You're just born into it. And if you're, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so great. And we help each other out and it's, it's just so nice. It's, it's what you can get from like a small country. I mean, I feel like, if you're from such a populous nation as the U.S., then it's not it's not the same thing. It's kind of like, they're like, oh, cool. I'm from, you know, the U.S. too. And, you know, you have this thing and you have drinks together. But it's so different when you're Portuguese because there's less of you, first of all. So you're more exclusive as a group. But also there's just this whole weird affinity that you're just like, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. So for me, that's kind of what being Portuguese is. I love it. Oh, it's definitely true because no matter where you go, if it's another state, another country or whatever, like you said, it, as soon as you find out if somebody's Portuguese, there's this instant, it's almost like kismet or something. There's this instant mm -hmm. connection. Like you automatically trust that person more. You automatically want to like hang out with that. Oh, I'm going to get along with this person more than anybody else around. Or, yeah, it's Is that totally, weird? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. You're saying that the, uh, the other day I did a, a talk or a group, um, I was a, a private group asked me to come in and, and talk to their organization. So I went in and I'm talking and so forth and so on. And one of the beginning I asked before I, you know, I went into it too deep. I said, in this room, who, who is Portuguese? Who is of 
Portuguese ancestry. And of course, their you know, hands go up. And I looked over at them and I'm like all smiles and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, primish, primish, you know, it's like, this is like, and everybody is, that's exactly it. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you know, this is, there's a great number of you here. We're all in it together here. And I do, I do see that. I I think we're all interconnected somehow, which is wonderful. This is a wonderful thing. And I, I think that's why we, and I can speak for me and I can speak for Angela and you in the same way that we all feel very passionate about the being Portuguese. So I, I think it comes with our territory for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, you immediately know you have like somebody who supports what you believe in as well. <laughs> you're like, you're Portuguese too. Oh, that's, we can be friends. We have the same interests, <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so so another thing that we like to ask is, so we already asked you, you know, what your mom would, what you would have your mom make you, but what is your first food memory? And this is the, one of the first things either you can remember eating or that you remember your mom making you. What's your. Uh, I would probably say like maybe cancha de galinha, like a chicken, like Portuguese chicken mm-hmm. soup. And I actually made mm-hmm. some last night. So it's something that I, that I make on a regular basis anyway, because it's just, it's one of those foods, I think, that you have, you know, on a normal day, but you also have when you're sick. And it, it's definitely, like, kind of got that healing quality. So it has that special kind of feeling that you're just like, oh, it's okay. It's, like, comforting. It's, you know, it's there's something homey like about it from a homemade chicken soup. Yeah. Not a canned chicken soup. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate warm and cozy feeling yeah well you yeah. know what's funny is a kanja would you're absolutely right it's when you were sick because it had that egg in it you know what i mean that everything oh, i that, never had egg oh yours never had egg in it no oh our we have an egg that goes into the broth after oh that sounds like uh, a good idea <laughs> uh-huh. and i've only so had that, an egg and tomato soup Oh, no, there's an egg in kanja, too. My mom would put an egg in kanja. So you had that um, in the broth. And um, so it would help you because it, it gives you more protein. It, you know, the whole bit of mm-hmm. making you stronger and all that. But besides being um, a comfort food and um, making you feel better, it was also what they would serve in weddings, like for celebration. Really? It was a kind you would kill a chicken for a special occasion. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing that I, that I love that brings back really great memories is my grandmother used to make this mocha cake with blush and And so she used to make that for me. Yeah. So it's kind of the way children start getting into coffee when they're very young. (laughs) Like here, it's just a mocha cake. Has coffee in it, but it's not too much coffee. It's diluted, and then they slowly become addicted. But that cake's really good. It's super sweet, but delicious. Well, you know what's funny is, and everyone's like, "Well, that's why you it stunted your growth." And I'm like, "No, it did not stunt my growth. My, you know, my mother was just as tall as I am, so it's you know." But we've been drinking coffee. I've been drinking coffee since I can remember. Yeah, I mean, go to the Portuguese hall. And and fill, do the coffee with lots of milk and sugar because it was almost like chocolate milk. Yes. It was so good. Yeah. And the same thing with drinking wine. I've had wine since I was little. You know, there's the little bit, you always have like a little bit of wine for Sunday. You always have like a little bit of a glass or a little like half of, almost like those jelly glasses or like a small little bit amount of yeah. would be wine. Like I, your grandparents would sneak it to you. No, it was open. There was no sneaking around. It was right there on the table. I was not allowed that. Really? You weren't allowed that? No. Oh, yeah. No, that was it. My mom, my my grandparents, my parents. Oh, yeah. This is, and it's funny because now my my oldest daughter is in, in, uh, she's just, yeah, she's 30 and my girls are in their 20s. And when they were little, It'd be like, okay, girls, you know, when they got to the age where, you know, they, they knew what drinking was and all that stuff, it'd be like, okay, girls, come on, have some wine here. Have it here at home. 
And they'd be like, no, I want the wine. I'd be like, come on, just try the wine. Will you try the wine, please? Just try it so that you can. <laughs> and it would be like, I'm trying to force them to drink wine. And I'm like, okay, I got to stop doing that. And yeah. then later on in, in, in my, later on in the years, my girls who are now of drinking age and all of that stuff would say, no one ever pressured me to drink. No, no one except my mother. <laughs> because when we were little, I I wanted them to to try it out, like you know, get it over with, get it out of the way, and because it's not it's not that it's important. So funny. Yeah, it's it's not that important. I didn't want it to be an important thing that you would sneak around for or whatever. It's just a matter of fact, right? But no, I always I always had that, even for little Angela. How about you, honey? Did you have wine when you were growing up? It wasn't like an everyday thing, but, but again, drinking and like, it wasn't made to be a taboo thing. You know, if we wanted to try something or if we wanted to, you know, to see what it tasted like or, um, or going to the Portuguese hall, I remember we'd go to the bar and like ask for a Coke and the bartender would be like, just Coke, no, no cash rum, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, 11 and, uh, you know, you know, maybe he was joking, maybe not, but it's just one of those things where it was never prohibited really not to, I mean right. obviously you didn't get drunk but to your point um, Maria and I think we've talked about this before you know by the time I got to high school or even college and my friends were just going wild because they were free and now they could drink as much as they wanted like for me it was not that big of a deal and I just you know the whole drinking to get drunk thing was never appealing no. to me because frankly the first time I got drunk I was 13 and it was in front of my, and it was and it was in front of my parents and my mom laughed at me and you know that's not something I'll never I'll never forget because it didn't feel that great and so again it was kind of like hey guys been there done that yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know just I, I think the more you make something um, taboo and and restrictive the more like people want it and go crazy because they don't know how to control themselves when they finally get it. And I think that's why in Portugal, there's less of that kind of, you know, because 16 year olds are drinking beer and it's not an issue, you know, whereas here it's like, it's crazy that I get ID'd going into a bar or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a child. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, And I don't go crazy. And like a lot of, like you said, a lot of your friends were going crazy when they finally had that freedom, but it's just not a thing. And I think in Portugal, people also drink wine and beer. Mostly they just kind of stick to the kind of lower kind of alcohol uh, kind of levels than the, you know, they're not drinking vodkas as much or, you know, whiskeys and bourbons and all that. So it's it's a very different drinking culture. Yeah, definitely. So I have, I happened to be going through some of your old blog posts and you had written something like one of your very first ones about gin and how it'd become really popular in Lisbon or maybe all of Portugal. And so (laughs) I did notice that it had become very popular as a drink. Like everybody was drinking gin tonica, gin tonica, but then the glasses have gotten huge. They're enormous. Why is it that you get a fish bowl of gin and tonic as a drink? I mean, like nobody can drink that much. At least I can't in no sitting, you know, like, do you no, know? You why? totally can. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, what, what other, what other cocktails are um, becoming popular over there? Craft beers are becoming like a big thing there now. I mm, think that's the latest okay. trend. But I think with the with the huge glass, you were saying, like, why do they have such a big fishbowl for a glass? The places I would go to are kind of they give you like a big glass and they only fill it like maybe a third or a quarter of the way up. But they put all these like cool spices and like cinnamon and strawberries and all these cool things oh. in it. Um, lots of ice. And it's very kind of slow drinking. And it it looks like a really big glass. And it's it's definitely like a good sized drink, but it's not. You know, you're not drinking a third of a bottle of gin in one glass. You know, it's not um, that bad. But they put a lot of other cool stuff in it. And obviously, there's a tonic that tops it up. So, um, but yeah, so I think gin was really in a couple years ago. And I think this year, the thing is craft beers and like microbreweries, which are like really big here in the U.S. are starting to become really big in Portugal. So I don't know what's up for next year, but I'm excited to see. Yeah, Yeah, because... 
cocktails aren't something that they typically did like mixed drinks. Uh, Cause I remember yeah. we would go there and like, if you said, Oh, can I have a gin gimlet? They had no idea what that was, you know, or uh, yeah. a black Ru- or a black Russian. They didn't know what that was. Mojito. Yeah. I, you know, or uh, I can't yeah, they would know, but I don't know. You, if you go on my Facebook page, you could see me holding a big gin and tonica and it's literally, it's bigger than my hand. It's so huge. I inform you that, um, you know, again, when I went to St. Michael, again, there was still a lot of gin uh, drinks um, that they were pushing. So, and that was just this uh, few months ago, they were still pushing gin. Yeah. And, and of course I come back and my husband, I like tell my husband, you know, the thing, cause he loves a gin and tonic. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make gin. So he's making gin right now as we speak. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. So, so we did it once. Wait, so we did it once. Let me know how it turns out, Maria, because we did it once here. Adrian bought me a gin making kit. Um, yeah. And it turned out horrible. <laughs> Maybe we just didn't do it the right <laughs> way. But to, We bought the, um, oh, my God, what are the berries there? Um, juniper. No? Thank yeah. you. You had to buy the juniper berries, cardamom seeds. I already had some peppercorns. It was um, some cinnamon stick, some lemon rind oh my goodness what else it was like a little bit of something else in the grain alcohol and um it's been uh in there now for a week and uh this weekend um my daughter is uh i have a few parties coming on my um my daughter sarah's graduation party we're celebrating it this weekend and we're celebrating uh, my daughter Erica's bridal shower is going to be this weekend. So, so Bob is getting the gin ready, his homemade gin ready, uh, some bars and some other stuff for the men to kind of like, you know, be drinking and smoking their cigars outside. <laughs> so, oh my God. He's getting it all planned. He's getting, it. so I will definitely let you know uh, yes. how, how this homemade gin comes out. But yeah, it, it, it smelled beautiful. I mean, the juniper berries smelled wonderful. And well, uh, have you had licor berry now? No, oh, yes. It, my husband's, this is so my husband's good. favorite drink. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to get her a bottle. We're going to get Maria a bottle. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that is. What is that? It's a Portuguese liqueur and it's made from like 14 different ingredients, like seeds and spices and stuff like that. And I was actually fortunate enough to go visit the Licorbeno factory at Christmas. Oh my gosh. And, and see all the ingredients. And they, it's so, it's such a special process. Like there's like ladies who work at the factory and I don't know if you remember Angela, but the bottles come with a little ribbon and they're hand tied by one of these ladies and they do thousands really? a day. Yeah. So oh every bottle God. has been touched by a human being. It's nothing, you know, like mass produced in the, you know, kind of like, you know, fill it up and, and go and pack and sell. It's very, it still has that human touch and the water they use is from the mountains just next to them, like next to the farm where they have some of the crops that they use for the for the ingredients. So it's, it's an amazing like process, but also the, the liqueur is very sweet and mm-hmm. I like to drink it with some ice and an orange mm-hmm. peel. I don't really? know if that's how you drink it, Angela, but that's like by far for me, the best way to drink it. Yeah, no. So I, so it's not my favorite. It's my husband's favorite though. So he drinks it a lot with the, over the ice. I don't think he's ever tried it with an orange peel. I'll have to try it. That yeah. Today. It'll, it'll bring out the orange flavors really, really nicely. And where, where is the factory? Cause maybe we could go tour that the next time we go. It's sort of in very central Portugal in a little town called Lausanne. And uh, it's not too far from like Tomar. Coimbra sort of area. Oh, okay. So, so very central Portugal. Uh, it, they don't do tours, so you would have to like ask if you can go. I can put you in touch with the people, but it's because it's not an open kind of to the public thing. But oh, got it. you know, it's it's still like a family-run business, which is amazing. And so this is like just one of the many things I love about Portugal. Like there's still all these amazing, like 
family-run businesses and everything's very hands-on and organic and I love it. Yeah, I agree. You were talking about everything mm. touched by hand and it's the same thing when you go it's still to San Miguel in a lot of the places, it's all done by hand. It's still all done by hand, whether it's at the tea factory, the tea plantation, and the women are going through the, the tea leaves to make sure the broken leaf tea is going to be this here or there. And they're still packaging by hand down to the liqueur factory where, you know, same thing. The women are, or, or men are, you know, putting together the stuff and down to the Quejada de Villafranca which is literally done by hand. And uh, I just found out they, in the summertime, they produce 22,000 quejadas a day. Wow. That's a lot of quejadas. <laughs> Imagine that. So it, I yeah. still, and by hand. By hand. So there is, um, I, I, I love that. I love that everything is still, that we still have that. You know that we still have that mm-hmm. in the mainland. So when we, so when we talk about what do we have so much to be proud about, and it's like, well, everything. Well, yeah. not everything, but like a lot of things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, we we could go on and on. And you know what? Yeah. And I just looked at the time, and we've hit I over know. an hour. <laughs> I, know. I know. We were interrupted at points, so. We were interrupted a couple of times. We were. So we really can't say we've gone over an hour. That's that's right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because uh, uh, it's funny because we had said before, uh, we usually like to give ourselves an hour or a little bit under an hour, but we usually go over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and we were not kidding. <laughs> we were well, we not had a good conversation. Exactly. No, but this was wonderful. I um, I enjoyed our time together. I hope that uh, for those of you that are listening, that you'll go on to Katarina's page. Katarina, your page, where they can find you on Facebook is? Uh, it's a Portuguese affair. So facebook.com forward slash a Portuguese affair. And Instagram, they can follow you on? Uh, same, a Portuguese affair. Okay. And so it's at a Portuguese affair. Yes. So for those of you that have not seen her page or have not seen her pictures on Instagram, you need to do that. They are beautiful (laughs) and it'll make you want to go back to Portugal and to visit. And it just shows this beautiful parts of um, what is ours and why we're so proud of what we are. And, And it is, it's our food, it's our culture, it's, um, the people, and we make no qualms about it, do we, ladies? No, nope. not at all. Not at all. And uh, we're very proud of who we are. So for all of that, thank you, Katerina, for being our guest today. We really appreciated you being on and taking the time to be here. Thank and, you so much for having me. I love uh, girly conversations about <laughs> you know food and drinks and being Portuguese. So <laughs> It's all good. It's all good yeah, stuff. I love yeah. this. Yes. <laughs> so, and we look forward to reading more on your blog and, uh, and can't wait for your trips back again so we can see some more and learn some more. So um, thank you. So yeah, all great things. And hopefully we'll all get to uh, see each other soon again. And, um, and maybe we'll cook again soon. And you're always welcomed here too. Thank you. Likewise, please let me let me have the opportunity to cook for either of you or both of you. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm I'm trying to get better at Portuguese cooking, so need you'll, to practice. You'll get it. It's in your DNA. Uh, <laughs> all right, ladies. Well, thank you again, and um, thank you for being here. Thank you very much, and good luck with everything. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a very nice talk, wasn't it? She's so sweet. I mean, I sh- we should have known, right? Because just reading her blog and she's Portuguese, right? But um, no, what a, it's a beautiful blog. It's a really awesome, uh, a lot of awesome content there. And oh, yeah. uh, no, she's, she's doing great work. She's, she's kicking, she's kicking butt. <laughs> she is kicking butt. And what's funny is, um, well, it was really cute. Like I said, in the beginning, you know, I had her here at home and and she was just like you know just exactly as she was talking on the phone it was like you know all of things Portuguese and about her mom her dad and 
or your sister, the, the, you know, just the love that she has mm-hmm. for being who she is and, and trying to like share it and, and kind of tell everybody around the world exactly, you know, what it is that they're all missing out. <laughs> if you've never been to Portugal, you know, kind of thing. And she's just the cutest thing, the cutest thing. So mm-hmm. what a great way for her to be able to continue to share her love of Portugal through the blog, even though she's living here, you know, and, and married to an American. And so kind of like you, you know, like you're yep. able to translate your love into, um, you know, sharing it with the world, which is awesome. Right. So Awesome. I would say if everybody listening, if you haven't checked out her blog yet, A Portuguese Affair, you really have to, especially if you're going to be going to Portugal, because she has some great recommendations and has profiled some really cool restaurants and markets. And Yeah, um, especially if you're trying, if you're going off to uh, mainland anytime soon, uh, she would be definitely the person to follow up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's one more in the books. Yay! More. One more podcast down. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. We've had these amazing guests on all the time and we and Angela and I are enjoying every minute of it. And I hope you are too. So in that we say, até a próxima, querida. Até a próxima. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at feedback at ourportuguesetable.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até a próxima!